This is Meg Brown, and this is the Bold Identity Podcast, the show where we hear the stories of the incredible women making their mark in the world. These women are bold and fearless, from community leaders to entrepreneurs to change advocates. We'll learn what it really means to live your bold identity. This is Meg Gretel Brown with the Bold Identity Podcast, and I have today a very special guest, Robin Hicks, who I met about a year ago, I guess, more or less, or maybe a little bit over a year ago at the Texas International Pageant. So, hi, Robin. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Good, good, great. Yes, thank you so much for accepting. I'm so excited to for you to get into your story and um, share um you know, all the, all the things that you've been involved with and kind of where you are now in terms of your, your, your journey. Yeah, so, absolutely. The, the, so the focus of this podcast is to um, share inspiring stories from courageous and fearless people. And so when I was deciding my guest list, you were at the top of the list because um, I really wasn't familiar. I mean, really familiar with all the details of your story, but I knew of it. And um, so I'm glad that I get to have this opportunity to dwell more into your into your story. So yes. um, I guess just first give me a little history, a personal professional history first, and then we can go on from, from there. I'm, I'm just a, a lifetime teacher. Uh, I teach high school English. Um, I loved high school so much when I was there. I was on the dance team. I also have the dance team at the high school where I work. And um, I just loved dance and high school so much that I decided I was never going to leave. <laughs> so I never did. So since I graduated, I've, I've been back at a high school working, teaching. Um, I just really enjoy being around young people and kind of helping them to get to have those cool high school experiences that I had when I was there that I love and remember. So that's really kind of, I do the student council too. And it's the same thing. I I want those kids to be able to experience those cool um, trips and lessons and all the things that you get, you know, from being a part of extracurricular in high school. So. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Okay. So, and I know you've, I've read your bio, so you participated in a variety of pageants and whatnot. Can yes. you kind of give us a, a pageant history of, of um, pageant what you <laughs> Yes, I can. Um, my very first pageant was the, the Miss Victoria pageant when I was 17. Um, I actually did win that pageant, and it's it's very near and dear to my heart because I, I'm now working with the Miss Victoria pageant as an employee, promoting the pageant and um, directing and all the fun things. So that's where I started, um, and I got hooked from there. I have competed in the uh, USA system, the America system, uh, and of course, at Mrs. Texas International. So um, I took a little bit of a break after the whole Miss America experience. Um, did Texas State Cinderella Woman? I did get to win that title. It was a, a great year for me. And then took this big long break and came back into Mrs. Pageantry, which, I, ironically, I think is a little bit tougher than the the, the younger. Yes, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Good. And. Um, 
the people may not know about pageants, but typically you have a pageant platform um, that right. you kind of work on throughout your year, prepping for the pageant and then after if, if you, um, well, really, regardless of whether you win or not, you can still work on the platform. So tell us about your platform because it relates to kind of um, the journey that I want to get into as well. Absolutely. So my platform this year when I competed was called Choosing Joy, Turning Pain into Purpose. And what I advocate with the platform is talking about sort of the difficult things that I've been through in my adult life. Um, everything from the entire process of having cancer to losing my little brother shortly after that to infertility and failed IVF with my husband. And what I found, you know, as I was sharing these experiences that I've had with people is that I was able to still really, you know, find happiness and joy in my life. And people always say, after all those things you've been through, how can you be so happy all the time? And so, um, what I decided to do was share, uh, strategies, tips, things that I've done. And, and, and it's the perspective that I have and the mindset that I've had that can, that helps me get through my tough stuff. Um, and the whole point of the platform is to help other people do the same to sort of, um, bring peace because everybody has, you know, yucky stuff in life. We all do. And, and, um, I think we can get along so much better and learn so much more when we can find peace in the process. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so can you give us some tips and strategies that you've used? Sure. Yeah, sure. You know, I think first and foremost, it, it is a, a shift in perspective. Like you, you don't just wake up one day and go, Oh, I'm over it. You know, when something you know tragic or big happens in your life, you know, concept behind choosing joy is that it is in fact a choice. You know, you do have to say, okay, I'm going to choose to see things in this way. So, um, let me give you an example. Um, when I had cancer, because I did chemotherapy and all of that, those things that you have to do, you know, I, I cannot have biological children because of that. When my brother passed away, he left behind his four-year-old daughter whom he had custody of. And, um, now I share custody of her. So she is very much my child. And so see, there's this beautiful piece to this story that while all these things that happened were tragic in their own right, at the end of the day, I have a child that I, I couldn't have biologically and, and she's a part of my family. And so it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's that shift in perspective. It's being able to look at things from a, a standpoint of gratitude, you know, and not so much worry. Um, and I, and I always advocate celebrating the little things, you know, any, any little victories in your journey towards finding peace after something has happened like that to you, um, it's always something to celebrate. And, and I, and I'm a big advocate of that. Uh, I'm also a Christian. So for me, probably the biggest thing in every situation that I've been through is recognizing the fact that God is a big picture God and he sees all of the pieces and how they all fit together in the whole picture. And we, we do not. So Sometimes things don't make sense to us, but it, it, he sees the whole thing and he knows the purpose and the point and, and he intends for our, our peace and our, and our joy. So um, I have to just trust in that, you know, that, that there is someone who is watching over me, guiding me through this process and who is taking care of every little piece. And one day when it's my time with him, then I guess I'll, I'll figure out what that whole piece was and it'll all make sense. But until then, you know, it, again, it's that mindset. It's, it's trusting um, the process. And who's ultimately in control of it. Correct. Exactly. I mean, you know, there are, there are so many people who don't realize that it is a choice to choose joy. They just see all the obstacles, everything that kind of just beats them down, keeps them where they're at. And um, 
Yeah. No, the fact that you've realized that it is a choice and you are in the hands of your heavenly father, you know, that's, I mean, that, and that, that's, that's amazing. And that's the best way to really kind of overcome anything and see the light of the tunnel, you know, at the, at, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things to say whenever I'm talking about this is that pain is inevitable. You know, we're all going to face it. We can't get away from it. That's life. But misery is optional. And it is 100% the way that you look at a situation and the attitude that you have when you're dealing with it. So um, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 25 years old. Um Young, yeah, and it was Young, still considered yeah. a kid cancer, yes. Okay. And the kind of cancer that you were diagnosed with was, was it? It's Hodgkin's lymphoma. Hodgkin's yeah, and it really is um, something that is a, a cancer that mostly is with ch- children have it, yeah. Okay, okay. And um, so you went through the whole chemo process and everything and... Yes, so, <laughs> yes, I had to have a full... Um, a full process of chemotherapy, radiation, all actually so many little side things that I don't even know that I remember them all. Um, sure. You kind of feel like a pincushion for a really long time once they, when they first diagnose you before you get your whole treatment schedule. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a whole lot. It is a whole lot, but right. I will say this, you know, it's a tough process and it was scary and I was young and because I, I had never had cancer obviously. And, and no one that I knew had ever had cancer. I didn't know what that looked like, you know, so I didn't know what to expect, but at the end of the day, I feel like it really made me a better person. The whole thing, you know, I just, there are so many things that happened in life now that I'm like, eh, it could be worse. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, it, it, it really changed my, the way I saw things, you know, it's like kind of don't sweat the small stuff anymore. And I really appreciate my life and my family and not that I did it before, but it's different now. You know, there's a value on it that I, I didn't have before I had cancer. So, um, as hard as it was, I will say that I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I got to go through that process and, and help to become who I am. Now, are you still receiving treatments now or? or are you no, no, I do not have to. No, I've been in remission for, well, let's see, 17 years, 18 years. Oh, wow. Yes, I know. That's, that's always, that's like my favorite day. That should be everybody's favorite day. Whoever has to face cancer is the day they say yes. you're done. You're in remission. You're done. Um, and so of course you always have to get checked for the rest of your life. That's part of it, but, um, better safe than sorry. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So was it, I mean, so if you don't mind me asking, how did you find out that you had, was just a routine visit or you have symptoms? There's actually a whole, it's kind of a funny story really. Um, when I get down to it, I, so I didn't have sort of identifiable symptoms. It it was, it's weird. The best way I can describe it is I felt, I just felt off. Like I would always say my head is feeling really foggy lately or like my armpits feel funky, like weird. So there was these kind of nondescript things that were, I will say my face was kind of swollen in the mornings, red and swollen. And as the day would go on, it would, the swelling would go down. But I, I work teach for a dance company and I had been traveling around all summer teaching dance camps. So I'd been in hotels the entire summer. And I thought, man, I'm just allergic to something. It's not, it's not sitting well. Um, and it was my second year teaching. I was going to my classroom to set up before school started. And my mom just encouraged me to go to the emergency room. She's like, you got to go. It just, there's too many, it's this weird, you know, you keep saying you feel funny. Um, I'm really glad I listened to her cause I would, I would not have made that choice. Um, but I went for her 
And I was there for like four hours and they did all these tests and stuff. And they said, no, I think you're just having an allergic reaction. I mean, one doctor even said, um, I would say that you have cancer. He was like, but you're way too young and your blood counts are not, they're, they're good. So, um, they just thought I was having an allergic reaction. They made me an appointment with an allergist, sent me on my way or were going to send me on my way. And one doctor said, Hey, before you let her go, just do a chest x-ray just in case. So they did. And when the doctor came back to my little room, he said, I need you to come look at something. I said, does my mom need to be there? And he said, yes, she does. She had been in the waiting room. So I knew, I knew it probably wasn't going to be good news. Um, and in the x-ray, you could see, uh, the whole tumor. It was pretty big. And he said, I don't know what this is, but it, it's not supposed to be there. And he said, if I was guess, I would say you have lymphoma, which he was right, you know. Um, but here's the funny part of that story. He told me that in front of my mom. And I had been in the emergency room for four hours and I hadn't eaten. And he was, you know, obviously they're booking me and shipping me to MD Anderson in Houston, right? Um, but he uh, told me this news and I said, okay. And the first thing I said was, well, before you book me, do you mind if I go across the street and eat? Like, it was my favorite restaurant across the street. And he looked at me and my mom like, this, I just told her she had cancer. She wants, she wants to go eat? <laughs> my mom was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say I had a good attitude from the very beginning. Because my first thought was not, you know, to be devastated. I was like, I really kind of, I'm hungry. <laughs> so um, we're going to have to deal with it anyways. So can I eat first? So yeah. he let me go. He did let me go. I went and ate and came back and they booked me. But oh, yeah, that's how I found out I had it. And it did end up being um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, and so that's, they sent me to MD Anderson and I, that, I did my whole process there, uh, which is a really amazing place, by the way, uh, just incredible. Uh, just this, the service, customer service is second to none. Wow. I mean, that is a story, especially being so young and Probably better that way, I think, because I was maybe too young to even know what to expect. You know, now, if you, yeah, now if you told me I had to do it again, I would immediately start thinking about like the side effects of chemotherapy and those things that were that that's really tough. I, I don't wish that on anyone. Um, you know, you, you're losing all your hair and you're sick all the time and that I don't wish on, on anybody. So now knowing that it would, might be a different reaction. But back then I was like, OK, let's do this, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you, um, with your platform and just, I mean, your personal mission, do you, are you able to talk to other, um, cancer patients, maybe with a similar cancer that you've yes. had or? Yes. Oh yes. All the time. Um, well, okay. So I started a YouTube channel first and foremost, that it is choosing joy, turning pain into purpose. And I really, I love it because I, I, I delve deeply into each one of the things I talked about the whole having cancer, um, infertility and, and failed IVF, you know, loss, losing a loved one. So all of those things get touched on and, and I share all the, you know, the strategies and things that, you know, we talked about earlier. I also have guests kind of like this who come on and share their cancer story or their story of loss. And, um, so we, I start there. I share those videos a lot. I mean, anytime somebody has a cancer story or please pray for my, my cousin there, there, I'm linking them in that video. I mean, I really, I want people to hear it because I want to take the hard part out. You know, it, it, when you're having to go through it and you're having to figure out how to find happiness, I want to take that piece out and just say, here's what it is. I know the secret because I've done it and here's how I did it. And I, so that people don't have to suffer because the reality is, you know, when you go through these things, it's not easy. It's not, you know, and, and nobody wants to do it. So, you know, I just want to take some of that hard part out and make it easier for people to go. All right. All right. Here's some strategies. Here's what I'm going to do. 
Now, did you know your husband during this time? Or of, of I, did, were- I did not. Okay. I didn't. No. Um, I, in fact, I was single the whole time. So um, I leaned a lot on my family. Uh, sure. I will tell you, you know, a lot of times I don't, people's friends, I don't think always know how to handle situations like that and they don't know what to say or do. So I didn't have all the friends that were hanging around me in my twenties having a great time. They, they weren't really around as much when I was sick. I don't know that they could handle it. I mean, I, let's be honest. I got really, really skinny. I lost all my hair. Like, but you know, I did keep teaching school, which wow. <laughs> was not super recommended because, you know, the, the germs and stuff. But yeah. um, I did. I needed it. And I talk about that in, in the cancer video. I needed it. You know, if I sat at home and thought about it, that's only going to make it worse. So for me, having normalcy, that was really key to yes. getting over in, in, that process and, like, dealing with it better. So that, that's a big suggestion I would make is try to keep things normal, especially, you know, yeah. keep yourself from you know, you get in your own head sometimes and we yeah. don't want to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, staying in your head and not doing anything, right. it may seem easy to do, but it's, it's like maybe the worst thing that you should, that you could ever do because it's just yeah. no way to, no way to live, no way to. No, it isn't. Life. And, and so many of the things like that we're talking about, like with cancer, like you know, taking, keeping this normalcy and trying to feel normal, those things apply to those other situations as well. You know, a lot of the strategies for getting through the process of having cancer can be used when you lose someone, you know, when you have devastating news. I mean, all of these things really tie together. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the whole process is very similar, you know, because you are making a choice and you are deciding to see things in a certain way, whatever that those things are. I mean, you, you may never have had cancer. You may never have lost a sibling or, maybe you are able to have kids, but it, it does, there are, everybody has their own thing. You know, everyone has their own cancer, whatever that may be. And so that's why choosing joy, I think is so important because it applies to everyone. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So tell me a little bit more about, um, so your, your, is it your adoptive daughter or your daughter or? She, so it's, I have, I have shared custody of her with my mother. So her her mom was never in the picture. So my brother was raising her by himself. So when he passed, um, my mom and I have her. So it's actually kind of cool. She has a room at my mom's house and a room at my house. And she pretty much spends about equal time. I mean, during the school week, she's with me because she comes with me to the school district that I work in. uh, And the weekends, she's with my mom. But like right now, in the summertime, she's with my mom because we actually, uh, every summer we host baseball players, college baseball players. uh, And they bunk, they bunk in her room. So they have her room right now while they're playing for the summer. And how old is she? She's 14. 14. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Funny. It's, a, it's, a, it's a delicate age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I talk to my friends who do have kids and I'm like, I don't know what happened with this sweet little girl that I was, you know, her best friend. And they all say she's a teenager. It happens to every kid turns like it to a, a, a totally different human being for, you know, however many years. So, yes. Yes. She, I love her, but she's definitely, she's definitely 14. Right. right. My, um, my, my bonus daughter, I met her when she was 15, almost turning 16. So um, my husband said, I, I, I miss the uh, terrible years of her. <laughs> Every yeah. So you didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah, I've gotten, gotten used, I got to know my uh, bonus daughter in her, in her nice phase and her <laughs> more established phase. Than, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to that part like when Evelyn you know grows up and 
is like, you were always so cool. And she didn't think it, she doesn't think of me as embarrassing anymore. You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with, with the audience? Um, and no, you know, I thought about this before I came on and everything I want to say, and I, and I, I really said it, I just, you know, like I said, ultimately, you know, that choosing joy is a choice. I don't, I'm certainly not saying that any of this is easy. I don't think, I mean, I don't want people to think like, well, that was, maybe it's easy for her. Like, I get it. I, everybody's situation is different and we all handle things differently. I 100% understand that. But um, at the end of the day, the way you choose to view something can really, really change how you go through the process and it can change it in a way that will make you a stronger and better person and someone who is able to, to help other people out in it and, and for them to, to share how to, how to deal in a healthy way, you know, with life stresses. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, great. So tell us again, the name of your YouTube channel called choosing joy, turning pain into purpose. Yes. And And you'll see my red hair, all the videos. (laughs) And can we find you like you have a website or where can people follow your journey like on social media and stuff? Uh, So my Instagram is um, Robin M Hicks. I mean, so you can find me on Instagram as Robin Hicks. Um, And I do share um, my Instagram is pretty positive page. I mean, I really do share a lot of not just my life as a teacher in school with kids, but a, a lot of my pageant journey, all of my volunteer work, all of my platform stuff. Anytime I do a new YouTube video, I put that on there as well. So um, it's really a great place to kind of, you know, keep in touch. And I, and these things that I'm sharing with you right now, that's really is what my page is like. So I'm always forever giving tips and positivity. And so if that's something that you need in your life and you want to see things when you're scrolling that make you feel good and go like, you know what, that's right. She's right. You know, misery is optional. I'm not doing that today. Then yeah. my page is definitely, it's a place, it's a place to be. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Robin. It's been a joy to get to know you a little, a little bit more and to see you again. Um, do any upcoming pageants or anything? I guess with the pageant. Yes, I am deciding because I do love the platform aspect of pageantry so much, and, and choosing joy has become such a big thing for me. Um, I really want to go into a system where that is a big focus. Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking around. Um, like I said, I, I like the Mrs. Pageantry, but and it's super fun, and I always learn something from it. And I always feel really good about myself when I'm done and gain so much confidence and life skill. Um, but it's tough. (laughs) So I have to find a system. I think that, um, is looking for, um, a a community service minded person, you know, so that's, I think where I'm going to be the most successful. So I don't know what the next step is, but when I choose it, I'm, I'll definitely reveal it on my social media for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So Again, thank you so much for your time. Yes. I know it's Sunday afternoon and it's nice outside. Yes. 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 I, I appreciate your, your time and um, good luck to you. And I'll definitely yes. keep my tabs on you through social media and whatnot. Yes, please, please do. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.